Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and welcome back to a brand new episode. <laughs> George is just like literally behind the camera right now. We're going to roll with it. This is staying in the podcast. Fuck it. Um, but the dog's being so quiet. Literally, I love it. The dog's been looked after, and George is just like, let's add some extra sound effects. But we've got today in person for the only the third time in 103 episodes. So that probably makes sense. But welcome back, Jordan Green. Thanks for having me. <laughs> in your house, basically. <laughs> But this week, just we've just done airsoft, so I think like the topics of today are going to be continuation of that, and then also just what's going on in life because this is going to be a chill one. Otherwise, we might introduce a couple of other extra characters in the podcast if they feel obliged to do so. It's going to be one of those rambling sessions. Rambling sessions, definitely. But how the hell are you? That's the first question. Better now. <laughs> Shucks, folks, I'm speechless. <laughs> Yeah. Are, we, are we adding charisma to this? Is that what? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Tired. A lot of lot of running around in the heat today. Mm. How are you? After your first day of airsoft, then I, you know what? I think the one thing you underestimate in these sort of things is like I think of myself as a relatively fit person, and then when you're carrying about all of this stuff, I've got genuinely my my head is semi pounding right now because of the lack of hyd- hydration because of like just running around so much. And I feel like you can never, never drink enough when you're doing that. I see that's, we've talked about this before. My hydration levels when it comes down to exercise are terrible. And I genuinely, I will consume more coffee than I will water. And that's probably why when I take a photo for a gym, I'm lean because like there's no water <laughs> in my left, body. Yeah. There's nothing there. It's just my like a shredded raisin. <laughs> just shredding because of the raisins effect. Yeah, exactly. But it does make me appreciate like you have to actually be prepared for this. And you can't just go in full effect. And, uh, you know, with most sports, I'm the type of person to just go full steam ahead and just be like, right, I'm just going to walk out there and do it. But with airsoft, you actually have to be semi prepared with it. It's a bit, it's almost like a mind puzzle as well. Motion detected at the front door. <laughs> it does that. It does that, yeah. You got those moments where you just got to be prepared. Um, yeah, so I think with airsoft, as physical as it is, it's. A mind game as well because you're having to mm. almost just outwit an entire team of other people dude and what we haven't said today is how good those guys were we mm. played against today there's there's one thing that yeah, you have to appreciate <laughs> <laughs> dude i can have i you know one of the things i like to say about myself is i know when i can say i lost and today i definitely lost uh multiple times gonna tell you, we, we took some took some we lost some when Ky- uh, one of the guys we went airsoft with guys is uh, his name is Kayo and ironically we went to school with him which is kind of weird bumping into someone you haven't seen in what is it 11 to 12 years mm. um, and he got four of these canisters that you had to pick up in one of the matches and we thought I thought to myself I, I don't know about you Jordan but I was like oh we've definitely won this we've, we've got four in there we're all good <laughs> then you hear ah the other team's got 11 and uh, yeah, yeah. Out to us too late but, yeah, I think most of ours were just by him, so he was he was getting after it. It did feel like a one man team in some ways. This was my first time doing airsoft, so I can't really feel like I'm yeah, uh, same. Put, pulling the team. <laughs> 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 right, that's it. But do you feel like how many times have you been so far? Mm, probably averages out to maybe twice a month since January, so okay. a fair amount. But it's one of those things where even as you get better and better with it, so does everyone else. Mm. And, you're, you're gonna get shot. Doesn't yes. Matter. 
I'm actually glad that you, when you said, do you want to get shot now and it was you shooting me, I'm actually r rather you shoot me for the first bullet than absolutely like shit myself because I'm getting shot suddenly because <laughs> the level of adrenaline go through it. Um, I was talking I, to I George about thing, that actually. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my friend Ryan Hill was who got me into it. Yeah. And he popped by with his rifle one day mm. just so he could shoot me with it and get me acquainted. <laughs> I thought, you know what, it's not, it's not even that bad. Welcome to the world, mate, this is it. But it's a good introduction because you're like, oh no, there's no more frightened like, yeah. feelings towards it. it. Yeah, it's almost worse when you're waiting to get that first shot, mm. thinking it's going to be way worse than it is. Dude, when you're in close quarters, that's actually... So when people talk yeah, that's, about... That's never fun, no matter how much you do it. I, I actually was a little bit... George saw me run away from a guy, literally like, sprint away from it. <laughs> so I was kind of... Uh, I felt like a little bit of a girl guy. Just run away. Hey, fuck! <laughs> Run, run away! Okay. What's going on here? But that I'm hoping that the more you do it, the less that becomes a factor and the more you become a little bit more switched on in how you do things. Yeah, I think with a lot of that stuff as well is the more you pull back and hide, mm. you're letting them come to you and they realise that. So they're going to start pushing hard. you got to... You've got to run into that room and just start clearing. That is one thing I realised that we weren't doing today is that we kept on sort of like holding back a little bit and it, it meant that they were able to just keep pushing forward. And uh, <laughs> sorry, we're, we're, we're watching George. George is making all the sins of every media person ever. He's like making sound behind us, going in and out for a cigarette break. I love it. It's the authentic Taylor's Tales experience. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, I've always said this, this has never been one of those podcasts that you can call high quality, it's it's one of uh, pure joy to do, but of uh, not, not so uh, classy scenarios. Great work, man. <laughs> Great work, well done. Yeah, there's a reason why you get people, I guess, in that real, the real version of that. Yes. Are so aggressive. It makes sense, and it also makes, and I, I talk about this as well before, but like, a lot of the MI take steroids because they're trying to stay as aggressive as and like locked in muscularly as well. Like a lot of them are big guys and that can be obviously- not test for that or? So it's, it's kind of conflicted actually within the army in the sense that it's actually just totally illegal, number one. And then number two is that it's actually really difficult to be able to get that stuff into mm. the army in the first yeah, place. Uh, and but do you remember you know Dan Bl Bilzerian I think mm. yeah he talks that about guy. <laughs> that guy exactly not exactly the person to refer to mm. but he does talk about how he was able to do it in Mexico which is nuts you think you're mm. on a like sort of going through Mexico as a routine for the army and yet he's able to get needles across the board and everything it's it's madness but I understand why they have to stay on that level of alertness and aggression. And really, we should say now, at this point, I'd much rather see a sport with steroids in it than without it, if I'm honest. And yeah, I suppose it makes for better watching. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's at the point now where you're just like, just let them do it, man. They're doing it anyway. Like, we, we want to see the best of the best, and we want to see people on the, the highest end of it. So, I imagine if there was something like that for Airsoft, you'd want to see that as well. Like, the best gun. With probably airsoft to a degree, but with military stuff as well, it's such a high testosterone environment that yes. they're probably already pretty high up anyway. Yeah, exactly. There's, I, th I do think of some of the the guys I respect though in the military, and actually they're quite calm. Mm. You know, we think of Jocko, we think of David Goggins. Like David's actually 
like very introverted for ninety yeah. percent of the time. So yeah, it's the thing, kind of... I, I checked out his podcast and I thought, I can't imagine this dude being a killer. No, it's weird, isn't it? But when he does talk about people's legs being blown off, but when going through mm. claymores, yeah. that's kind of a little bit yeah, of a reality check. Yeah. And when you're playing airsoft, getting shot all the time, you're like, ah, yeah, this isn't probably the most tactically sound idea of doing. That's the thing. I guess the in airsoft, you are getting a lot fast, a lot um, closer, and you are doing it a lot faster. It's, it's more skirmish than actual recon and stuff, but it makes you realise how easily and how fast you can just get wiped out. Yes, and we found that out when the other team today did a tactical move that I have to give credit for them. They did it amazingly. It's almost as if they lined up in the way of doing a battering ram through mm. the left-hand side of us. And I think of it as they trained into it. Yeah. And I don't think anyone could have predicted that in any way, shape, or form. Well, yeah, because we, we um, you guys were all covering the front of that area, and it was mm. just me on my own at the back, ready for a bit of long range. And they came around the back, and it was just me. So eight on one. <laughs> I, I, you know what's funny is I, I didn't think they were able to do that, and obviously I came semi that way the first time we did it. Um, for those obviously don't understand the map, mm -hmm. is that you can imagine yourself uh, in a circle of trees surrounded by bushes, and on the left-hand side, these guys just came streaming out of the left-hand bush into like real hard and fast. <laughs> real hard and fast. That's what she said. Michael, <laughs> Michael, Michael, please, please. And Jordan sadly took the absolute brunt of it, which is yeah. yeah. Only needed one of them to kill me, but they all had a go. Fuck. <laughs> Some people is <laughs> sucked. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. Some of those guys as well were quite intense. Let's say that, put it that way. So yeah, they weren't. Uh, they weren't letting it happen. George wasn't one of those guys. I know he wants to be, but these these guys are talking about where they're bringing their own equipment. They're bringing like you know the the pretty heavy stuff. Mm. I can't say that that's. I don't know for a first timer that was kind of a little bit like over the top. I don't know. Uh, baptism by fire. Baptism by fire is probably the best way of doing it. But I still enjoyed it, and I still see myself doing it again because of the intensity as well behind it. Because it gets you going. Yeah, mate, that's it. No, that that last match really got me. Like the success. I'm I'm the type of person who hates losing, as you know. And if I lose, then I have to have something to to hold on to at the end of it. So we did a what would you call it, like a last man standing sort of situation where you had four guys in the middle defending a point and then we all had to just kind of stream in and yeah, get they, to that Yeah, point. they described it as Bulldog. Yes. Is this the recording, right? Yes. <laughs> this yeah, is the one, one problem with not having a flip display or being able to see my recording is literally just like, hmm, yeah, it's, it's as good as it gets. But yeah. yeah, they've got this um, Bulldog match where you have four people inside like a little tyre bunker mm. And everyone is coming in 360. Um, the guys in the bunker, when you hit them, they will go into medic mode for five seconds and then they can carry on. So you have to get all four of them shot before you can move in. And it was hectic. Yes. There's grenades going off and there's bullets flying in literally every direction. The One of the guys that I started off with, he had a grenade, but he just couldn't get close enough to be able to yeah. like, throw it in there, which I, for me, who's someone who feels like they have relatively long range sort of throw i just thought what are you being talking about and then i saw them throw off and i was like ah oh, that makes sense you have to do like an underarm toss of it otherwise it just doesn't go into the area you're looking at i actually um i actually do right with that because we pushed up and pushed up and we we're in i think like two bushes out mm. and i've had these smoke grenades sat in my jacket for absolutely ages now so i thought 
end of the day, good homicide. I was wondering where they were coming from, yeah. Yeah, through one, this big purple thing, cleared them, heard the countdown start, mm. just pushed through the cloud and just dived in. Not as much as you did, though. Um, yeah, we had Chris, I think, was the last person in. Last person in. But um, we were all, once you've scored, you mm. just stand at the side and you can watch. So we, a group of us were just watching Chris at the end of it, just pushing up, getting shot, going back, pushing up, getting shot, going back. And in the end, what, you managed to put rounds on all four and just sprinted and just dived, dived into, the, into the bunker. Oh, mate, I thought I was going to have a much more bruised leg afterwards. I'm actually fine, thanks to your equipment, clearly uh, oh, yeah, having the, the camouflage worked. But uh, yeah, my sometimes I'm so committed to something. Uh, I get in my brain, I'm going to do something. I have to do it. And... Well, that's the thing, the guy next to me, watch you try again and again the same route and he mm. said he said oh do you ever hear the definition of insanity i was like did i ever tell you what the definition of insanity is insanity is doing the exact same fucking thing over and over again expecting shit to change that is crazy I didn't say anything, but my hair thought, nah, this dude's gonna do it. It'll happen. There is definitely, uh, I think that there's an element of that to me. You know, I post the same thing every Sunday for the past four to six years. And I love it. So that's, that's <laughs> you've got to consider that, yes, there's an element to insanity in all of these things. Like, we're talking to a camera, semi, like to each other, but also to a camera right now. So there is a level of, like, you know, insanity behind that. And so I think that's good for you. You've got to be a little bit mad. A few moments later. What were we saying there? I've no idea. There's, uh, yeah, so the, the end of the last match, yep. uh, it actually gave me a little bit of a thrill because I, I felt like I'd achieved something today. Even I, I know, obviously, you're not meant to think that way. You're probably meant to think, oh, I've got a few kills like here. Oh, no, I definitely, definitely think of it that way. Yeah. But it can feel to the point. Sorry, we've got Sammy in the background, who's this amazing bulldog. That yeah, Sammy's a dog. Yes. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think I was referring to? Oh, it just could be a real snotty person. <laughs> We've got an audience here for the first time ever. Yeah. Like, I'll make Sammy here. Is he he uh, sounds funny. <laughs> he can't speak to you, by the way. <laughs> oh dear. But no, it's I as a dog lover, like any element in, in this podcast. Actually, I should probably do a podcast literally solely on the, my love for the dogs, but I've never actually had one because my mum's allergic to them. And, and that's another story. Well, that's what we thought. We were, we were supposed to never have a dog, and now there's two in the house. So beautiful. And your the son of Sammy is the beautiful little sausage dog. Yeah, the, the irritating one. Oh, the irritating <laughs> one. Is he irritating now? He's a, he's a nice enough dog, but that dude licks everything. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. sniffing it good enough for him. He's just he's got to get a taste. It's, I don't know. Some some <laughs> sausage dog has to get a taste. Love it. But um, I think with dogs as well you have to be at a certain mindset some people are cat people some people are dog people and i think with my frame of mind i'm definitely a dog person I don't mess with cat people yeah I, I do have friends who are cat people i do think they're a little bit nuts like they're gonna end up uh <laughs> being surrounded by by uh cats eating them at their end of their life like they pass away in the house that's like. the thing dog will try and drag you out and help you cat yes. will just eat your body eat your face <laughs> That is terrifying, isn't it? You just think to yourself, like, you get to 88 years old, and you're just like, what's, what's going to happen to me? Oh, yeah, I'm just going to have cats. Yeah, you know that, that cat is going to sit on top of the cupboard and watch you die. Because <laughs> they're 
they don't care and they don't give a shit about you. That's oh, it. A dog, if, if, they, if you read their thoughts, the dog will be like, oh no, this is the worst thing ever. A cat's like, that. Huh, okay. Spot on. <laughs> exactly. They're just like, oh yeah, I guess I'll have to find my food somewhere else then. Time to bug a different Time to, yeah. I'm trying to think of like, if you can pin that point to a human being as well. Do you think there's like certain people who have the character characteristics of a dog or a characteristics of a cat? Mm. I'm not going to say any of them on here, but... Yeah. <laughs> what, do you think that's insulting? They're just like, we just shit on cats, and therefore... Yeah, there's certain people, but... I actually was saying today... Oh, if, yeah. uh, if they're an animal, they'd be a cat. That, that's very true, actually. You know what? What animal would you be if we didn't have cat or dog? Like, what animal do you think you'd be? Armadillo. Armadillo. Now, why... Yeah, please, please explain why. They're bad as fuck, man. They are bad as fuck. I you ever seen one curl up? No. I, ooh, that is actually... Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty cool chat. The yeah. full metal jacket of the animal world. That's very cool. Oh, yeah, that's very cool. I didn't even think about that. Or a terrapin. What's a terrapin? They were like... But, <laughs> why is that funny? <laughs> Just a random animal, basically. They've got, they got a sharp little mouth. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I can't. I just can't feel mad. Is that just because you're sharp, or is that just? No, I like... think it's cool. Okay, no, no, fair enough. No, I'm trying to think. Uh, literally, I, I can't picture myself as anything other than a Labrador, just because of my yeah, personality. Happy, happy, happy-go-lucky person. Happy, hungry, yeah. friendly. Yeah, literally, and <laughs> always looking to just go sprint up to people for hugs. Yeah, tell me that. Have we got that on camera? Yeah. Badass. Ter ter is that the terrapin? That's terrapin. Okay. Why does it look like a turtle? It is basically a sort of turtle. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, sharp. George thought it was a bird. George thought it was a bird. We think it's. I, I had no idea. That's hilarious. Oh, dear. What are narwhals? Are narwhals a real thing? Narwhal. The origin of the unicorn legend. Their three meter tusk is in fact no more than an overgrown canine tooth. Narwhals, yeah they are. I'm pretty sure they yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, uh? Narwhals. Narwhals. That's a band. Yeah, yeah. that's a band. Yeah, they're a sick band, by the way. 2012 Narwhals. Bang for life. Crew. Crew for life, yeah, <laughs> literally. I used to have a t-shirt with them on it. It's brilliant. Got destroyed in the 2012 lifestyle. But... What's your animal, George? Um, ooh, probably an owl. An owl? Yeah. Why is that funny? So I can't picture you as an owl, mate, born, actually. Born to be mild. <laughs> Not because your head can turn around 180 or anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's happening. Taylor's tangent. <laughs> Taylor's tangent. I love a tangent, though. I can't, I can't help myself. George, George, is, George is literally trying to consider himself as wise. Oh dear. He is literally just to me. And by the way, if I would have picked an animal for George, it would have been a hyena every time. A lemon? That's not, a lem a lem that's not an animal, buddy. <laughs> it's an inanimate an 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 fucking object. You're an inanimate an fucking object! That's He's trying his best. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear he's like the Echo Charles of this podcast oh my god he is isn't he you need to get jacked mate that's it you just get the massive biceps mate have you seen Echo, Char Echo Charles have you seen Echo Charles he's twice the size of me that's pretty big he's like he's like 33 actually no I should probably say three times the size of me he's, he's massive isn't oh, he? that's what I meant to ask did you get tired of running today no 
But I never get tired of running. This is why I wanted to bring you along. This literally One doesn't. Reasons. Many, many a time. No, what did does get to me is these headaches. Mm. So there's many a thing. George took me to uh, his gym once and it had a sauna in it and I did the stupid thing where, once again, I didn't drink enough water and I was sat at the pub. Uh, they're all having beers and I'm sat there drinking water going, pounding water. Help yeah. me. Just dying. So once it crosses that certain threshold, it doesn't matter how much you drink, like you're not... I'm you're not dead to the world, basically, out, yeah. yeah. And I try my best to, to be sociable and try and... But uh, literally, it can kill me. So dehydration, kids. Drink water. Listen to Jordan. Put <laughs> salt in it. Put salt in it, yeah, literally. But apart from that, just... I think there's many things that come with running. The one thing that I found today is that I love the fact that it doesn't feel that I'm going to have a cardiac arrest every time we go for a fucking sprint towards the uh, the enemy or something along those lines. That's the thing. I think Airsoft has this rep as being... I heard someone the other day describe it as the vaping of outdoor activities. And oh my God. I, I wanted to disagree, but I couldn't. But <laughs> the vaping of outdoors. It's, it's like Call of Duty crossed with running. Yeah. Yeah, That's definitely. That's it, I can put it. It's, it, like, it's intense. It's tiring, yeah. Yeah. You do a day of it, it'll wipe you out. Well, each time I kept removing that, thank you for, for the goggles, by the way, because I had this black mask on that they gave me. The, the rental masks. Oh, mate. Ass, man. So bad. Because I kept on, like, pulling up after the match, and I, it was just sweat. Just sweat pouring off me. And it's just disgusting. You just smell yourself after. It's just like, oh. The worst one is when you play in the cold, you get all the condensation on the oh. mask, and when you breathe. You know, um... In Lord of the Rings, you get the Urukai with those masks, and they yeah, hear them like yeah, mouth breathing. It's yeah. like spitfire yeah, now. That's it. That's it. We're gonna put that in a go to clip, literally. Yeah, actually, we should check the make sure that the uh, George is. No, oh, really? You're not gonna check the camera? Camera still rolling. Still rolling. Yeah. Good. Just making sure. Sorry. Sorry, guys. What I should explain is that I'm not. We're not using any of my equipment today. So clearly, uh, I'm in the third party zone here, where I'm just relying solely on Jordan's yeah, lovely we, equipment. We bodged it together. With my bodged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just that I think that one thing that I do miss. Like right now, we're doing this, and I feel like my hands should be gripping onto a mic right now, and I should be speaking into it because I'm just so used to doing that. But. Maybe it's more comfortable for you. I don't know how that works in that sort of Never thing. really held a mic, to be honest. No? Wow. I think in, yeah, even any any musical endeavours I had, I was at the back holding drumsticks, so. That is very true, yeah. Did you actually, actually I've never asked this for you, because obviously there's people like Dave Grohl who've gone on to be the front man for bands. Have you ever considered like, oh, I'd do the drumming and then I'd want to move into, or is it just always It would drumming? be cool, because people might actually notice me. <laughs> People notice you. What are you talking about? You, like that is one of the well, coolest things about the guy who if plays I drums. If I had any musical play. talent, then that would be good. Okay, so but I don't so I play drums. <laughs> You've got rhythm though. That's the main thing. You think so? No, you don't sound confident. No, I don't, a little bit. A little bit. Enough to get by. Okay. Enough to trick people into thinking I can do it. You <laughs> You have a band. Actually, how is the band going? I. Haven't I it sucks. I made the decision to leave it. No. Mm -hmm. And they. Yeah, it was just. It was tough. Um, just had too much else going on. It was disruptive with work, and obviously I'm based in Reading. That was all based in London, so every trip would be fuel, um, congestion charge, parking money. Yeah. Like playing a gig if I took a night off work. By the time I've missed the shifts off of money and paid to go, go do the gig, like over two hundred pounds just to go play a show. Oh, I'm, so, I'm really sorry to hear that, mate. Yeah, it's like happens 
it happens true you'll find another band as well because yeah. you're a talented drummer and that no you, once you when you got over that stage fright like because you had that initially like yeah. i saw that a little bit in you when, when you did do it and then once you got on it and you did it you were like that's it that's good i hadn't played a show prior to that first one in 10 years wow that's mad and you just you did it without a hitch actually i mean your lead singer kept on going about speeding didn't he every like five minutes yeah it's like it's because i don't know if there's anyone else listening who who does play an instrument but when you get excited you play everything double speed there is that and that you've got to consider adrenaline and then also the excitement of the event all of those things i just play better faster mm. yeah. everyone else needs to speed up this actually you can probably hear it in my voice when i initially did the podcast it's just like i'm rapid firing off and that can be because obviously you're in a a what you'd consider at the time a high-valued situation mm. that's it for you is but for other people like why, why are you so stressed why are you so like yeah, i wonder if because you you get so into it your brain goes into overdrive and yeah. you're thinking so fast that everyone everything else can can happen faster i think you're also thinking of all the wrong things as well you're thinking of all the things that could go wrong when See, it happens yeah, i don't know i get i was getting the zone i don't, don't really think about what's happening it just just happens now that's a technique, mate. I wish we. I'm always overthinking things when it comes down to executing. Like, what's going to go wrong here? How's it going to be? Very analytical in that sort of sense. There's a time for it. There is a time for it, but sometimes when you're doing free form conversation, you do think to yourself, "Am I taking this in the right direction? Am I going like the way that people would enjoy stuff like that?" So it can be a, a difficult task when you have that mindset of just click, 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 yeah. click. Next, next, next. Yeah, yeah. If you can strike a balance between the two, if you can like get halfway between winging it and planning it yes now there's a beautiful middle ground isn't there where you find that winging it actually creates a moment for you to actually be natural and that's something that i have found is the the more formal podcasts haven't actually been as good for the ones that yeah. i love just talking to you and friends basically yeah i think it's nice when it's unstructured because you you come across some stuff and it actually works out quite nicely i think i'm quite like that in everything anyway like even tonight, if we're gonna go out and grab food or whatever, mm. I said, I said earlier, like a loose plan is fine. We'll wing it. Yes. Yeah. Sammy, we've got a third party in here. Sammy, we're talking. You gonna come and say hello? Were you gonna? No. He's like, no. This is my house. Hmm. Okay. That's fine. Sorry, we've got like so many things going on at the moment on the on camera, so we'll have to. Maybe pause it for a second, I think. A few moments later. Okay, technical issues dealt with. <laughs> Back at it again. Is Sammy alright? Yeah. Gotta start the whole thing over now. <laughs> Look at him, he just looks like he's like, I need attention right now. So where are we? Hi, I'm Chris Taylor, and welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should have said <laughs> earlier today. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville, welcome to Jackass. But we were talking about the drums and, and moving on and analytics, but actually, move on. let's move on from that, because obviously you can talk into the grave about how you as a person are, you know, how you struggle with certain things, and I think you can get into a negative spiral there. But positive thing is today was a lot of fun. Today was awesome. And um, it's, it's nice, because we, we all sort of get together and catch up every now and then anyway, but it was nice to do something that intense. and. I think a lot of the time we will just get together and watch a film or get grab some food or whatever. With this, it was actual working together as a team for yes. something, and it was physical and it was mental. Yeah, definitely. So it is. It's quite 
I'm like fulfilling call it. Yeah, you feel accomplished, don't you? After yeah. that, you're like, oh yes, I actually did something today. You know what's fun as well is that you're gonna have that memory down the line. You're like, oh yeah, I, I use a Saturday and I didn't just sit at home and play video games yeah. or do whatever. You just like, you you did something. That's the <clears throat> thing. Why we're all young and in like some of the best shape probably. Well, youngish. Yeah, I so, I think we're still young. <laughs> we still got time, mate. So it's worry. nice to get out and, and do something like that because. Do you know what I mean? If you wait till you're old, plenty of old people do it, but it's nice to actually just get stuck in and, and run around and tie yourself out and yes. get hurt a bit. It's good. Yes, exactly. And then you have the ability to look back and be like, I did it then. I didn't just hold back. I went for it. And, you know, there's there's plenty of people who have regrets in life, but I'm definitely not going to be one of them. That's me, yeah. I'm, if we do that again, then we already know that we work well together and have a great time with it yes and we can build the squad the squaddy it gets bigger and bigger and like the more people that get involved the bigger it would, like the more fun it will be and I think also you can find yourself in, in the point where it could get too big and that's where it's really fun and you're just like yeah we've got like multiple squads <laughs> going on we've got like fours four or fours you know, you know the thing that I'm wondering if you'll get first time I ever played or first couple of times I played I used to have nightmares after I would be lying in bed and there'd be bullets flying towards my head <laughs> and then I'd jolt away and Duncan had the same thing when I brought him along, so I'm wondering if you're going to get it. That, to be honest, I don't dream or have nightmares. And this is something, I don't talk about it very often, but I, I literally don't have either of those. Too so tough I, for nightmares. I, no, I sleep <laughs> so deeply that like people have been, um, what is it? I was in New York City and like somebody was getting shot outside and I like, literally didn't even know about it. Of New York is this? This is uh, uptown New York, uh, near the Bronx, which is kind of uh, a little bit rougher area. There you have it. And you, when you hear, like, when I was in Bristol as well, you've got like these. If you open the window, you can have like the sirens going mm. off and all of this loud. I just sleep through it. Maybe that's why. If you got used to it, it does feel like that. Uh, even though I've been in the middle of nowhere where it's just dead silent, there's also now at the point where I can handle both, which I'm very lucky in that sense. Yeah, I think I. I, in the morning, sleep quite lightly-ish, mm. sometimes. Um, but when I'm in the deep sleep, I've, I've slept through the house while I'm going off like three times. Really? Yep. <laughs> that's a, but that's a positive. That means that when you look at your... I'm, I'm an analytic person for sleep as well. That means you're going through REM sleep. Yeah. Like you're actually getting some sort of energy actual back. Actual rest. Yeah. Yes, actual rest. Oh, man, I remember actual rest. Yeah, mate. Oh, <laughs> mate, that, that, dude, like, that's I, one I, of the I things. Did I um, did you ever hear of the book Why We Sleep? I've heard you mention it. It's I think like, Duncan's mentioned it as well. It's one of those life-changing books which makes you realise like how important it is to get mm. eight hours minimum uh, because you, you're thinking to yourself, number one, I don't want Alzheimer's, but number two, um, it you, you're just general performance day for day. Yeah. Yes, they they were saying that it's the most performance-enhancing drug there is without it being a performance-enhancing drug. Which is crazy, isn't it? Like, if you want to get better at airsoft, you want to get better at biking, yeah. you want to get better at all of these things, if you get eight hours sleep beforehand, you're going to be, like, something like... I think the percentage was something along the lines of 40%, which is crazy. I can believe it. See, I've done quite a few um, mountain bike, like, big up and down a mountain a few times days, and I've done full-on all-day airsoft events and stuff on about four hours sleep, and if you get to the end of it, it's dragging. <sighs> But That's I think crazy. I, I tend to get really into it and we'll just go full pelt all day. And it's when you stop, yes. you realise and it catches up with you. It is literally then when, when you feel like you're just going to slump over and just feel like you're going to crash into the ground a little bit. But I, in a way, I do like it because when you get to bed, 
at the end of that day, you do get a, a good hard sleep out of it. Yes. Yeah, and there's another thing. A lot of people like take drugs to be able to go to sleep as well nowadays, and that's not effective, is it? You want to be able to get to that point where you are. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever taken sleep tablets before, maybe mm. once or something, but from what I understand, you don't you don't get a good rest out of it. You sleep, but it's like it's true. empty sleep. It's like uh, smoking marijuana. A lot of people think, oh yeah, smoke that, and then they'll be able to go to sleep, but actually it just ruins all of your REM sleep. It just takes all of it away, and that means that you're getting zero recovery. So even though you feel like you're in the deepest sleep possible, you're mm. actually just getting zero REM sleep from it, which is crazy to think about. So some things that are medical are good, some things that are medical are bad in these scenarios. But Time and a place for everything, I guess. Everything exactly. in moderation, all that. Yes, and I think that you can get away with a couple of nights or days where you're like, oh, I'm getting six or five hours sleep, but you have to make sure that you're getting the consistency. Yeah that i think a lot of the time because i rarely set an alarm clock or if i do i normally wake up before it mm -hmm. but your body knows what it needs a lot of the time if you're craving something chances are your body needs that yes if you're if you sleep to a certain time that's when your body knows unless it's the postman sorry i just thought like craving if i listen to my body i'd just be eating pick a mix all the time like literally so there would be that i, I can't listen to my body <laughs> too much like there is that uh, I think there's also a level of discipline when it comes down to being fired off. Like, yeah. you know, some of the synapses just going. But I mean, if if you if you're craving something salty, yes. Like when we got in today, you're straight for the crackers because yes. they're salty. Yeah, then you know, you know what you need. Yeah, there is that. There is that as well. That was a healthy level of mindset where you're not like diving into something with, without uh, craving those calories, but. When it comes down to it, to food, I think that's also another recovery aspect that is really important to consider as well. If you get the right nutrition, then yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the thing I've picked up this year because, um, like I said before, you you have inspired me to start actually exercising more, getting in a bit better shape. So I've changed up my diet, mm. and before I was, I'd sort of more or less have breakfast and a coffee and a packed lunch, and that'd be it for the day. Wow. And I was I was somehow putting on weight because mm. my body. Obviously, must have gone into survival mode, mm. and um, actually upped my intake mm. along with exercising. Start dropping weight. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, it's this is a complex web of things that that work. Yeah, but it did. Well, yeah. I, I, when I tell people that I eat like three thousand five hundred on my running days, and then two thousand seven hundred to two thousand eight hundred, that sounds like a lot, mm. but when you're doing that amount of work and i think with your job as well where you whether you're either doing photography or you're doing with working with cars it's both very physical yeah and so you that's the thing i think a lot of time you can overlook your sort of maintenance calories as well Definitely. how much you can burn just by existing for a day without exactly because i think when i was younger i think the first time i ever went on a treadmill i ran and ran and ran and ran and it was like oh sweet i've burned off a digestive. Yes. Yeah, literally. Oh, it's so depressing, isn't it, when you realise, like, a cookie's 200 calories and yep. it takes so much to be able to actually burn off. Like, you have to run for half an hour to be able to get 500 yep. and you have to be running quite a pace to be able to get that. That's the thing, but then you realise that your heart pumping, you're walking around moving, your eyes, yes. muscles, everything, breathing, it all burns calories. So exactly. you passively burn, I don't know how many, but yes. still quite a bit a day. And the more muscle you put on, the, the higher that baseline yeah. is. That's what it's like, having a bigger engine is gonna burn more fuel. Exactly. And actually, you know, having the ability to say to yourself, oh, I've got, I can actually eat more calories today. And it could be a Saturday when you just wanna have fun and just eat some yeah. nice food. That's like an excellent balance for your mind as well as, you know, your body. Yeah, I mean, um, cause I, I've 
not got mega strict, but I've got a lot more discipline in waiting mm. and a lot of time if if I don't know, someone says you wanna get a takeaway, I'll say no. I can happily turn it down as before mm. I'll be straight on it. Yes. And um Lucy raised a good point to me that you can have a day where yes. you have a takeaway because it's like the flip side. If you're if you're really fat, having one salad isn't gonna get you thin. If you're in shape, having one takeaway every now and then, not gonna make you fat. Hundred percent. It's exactly no, no, I, I, like balance, like you said earlier, balance is everything. I do think that some people take it a little bit too far. Like for instance, when I was younger, I used to think that on Fridays I could just eat whatever I want in the evening, just because it was like. But I was eating more calories than I was burning in that period of time. So yeah. it's, it's being sensible, like you said. And yeah. If you have that ability to do it, then it's, it's great. You know, you move forward. But I don't know with you. I mean, I've noticed that since I have started exercising more and eating better. If I do deviate from that, I start to feel not guilt or disappointment, but to myself, I feel a little bit off. Mm. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, like today. <laughs> like today. Oh, I'm, I'm literally like, <laughs> even though, even this is how dead. I think dedication is a good word. Even though we've done full day of airsoft, you're there's still in my mindset that I'm gonna miss a workout today of back and biceps and, and chest yeah. now that is fine to miss one day but it still will be stat, stuck at the back of my head and that's maybe that's unhealthy to some extent but it's also you know you know that you have this consistency built yeah. up already but if you think on the flip side you've you've not missed a day you've still had a, a hardish day of running around carrying gear mm. you've given your brain a workout mm. and you've given your your happiness a workout because you've you've spent time with people you like doing something that's good exactly so i think yeah you that's another thing you have to they say your your mental health is like the unseen part of your body it is isn't it so yeah. you know if if you're having a bad mental health day that's like being ill you just can't see it so you've got to think of it as something that you can work out as well so you can do these activities that are going to give you a boost and mm. that's a workout for your mental health that is a big one that goes on sort of talked about recently it's become a bigger thing because of covid and the amount of people who are put indoors and isolated and stuff mm. like that but i do think that like you said you need to have one or two days one of the things my company does at the moment that i really enjoy is that once a quarter they do like a mental health day where they just mm. say here's some money go out and spend it on something that's going to help your mental health that's a responsible business owner and they want their employees to actually be sane i think that's the main thing isn't it to, yeah, yeah. So as you get so many other companies that will just drive people into the ground because they know that someone else will do the job if they quit. Exactly. And that is something that's been created. <laughs> Damn you, Jeff! Damn you! <laughs> but he's, to be fair to him, he's no longer in there. So I, I do give him shit. You're right. Amazon, are, their business model has created a monster in itself where their employees are treated like garbage almost in some sense. And I don't agree with that at all. I think you're right. I think that it's you have to have value within the people that you work for. And even if you're a business owner and you see, and something I have seen lately is a lot of people who are investors and business owners, they see themselves as better than the employees yeah. and the like self-employed people. And that to me isn't okay. I think it is just people make life choices to do certain things that suit them. And it's extremely harsh to say, I'm higher up. These people are my employees. I can do whatever I want. With I think them. this is the thing I've always said because I've been in jobs the same. Like if one thing doesn't go to plan or if you don't go to plan, the boss mm -hmm. comes in shouting at everyone, calling them this, that, and the other. 
I said to him, you can't just be a boss, you have to be a leader. Yes. So don't be afraid to get stuck in. Mm. Take yourself down to that level every now and then. And don't don't abuse people. Oh my god. Yeah, the like they Oh charger going off. <laughs> charger going off, there you go. What is that, anyway? That's uh, just the uh, charger for the airsoft batteries. Oh, okay. At least it's something useful that we're gonna yeah. you're gonna use in that later. But um, what we were saying there, I think, is really important. I think that you said it best there. Lead by example. Like, what yeah. more can you say apart from that? Is that that's the thing? If you if you act just like a boss, the big bad boss, all you're gonna do is build resentment in your team. Whereas if you're a leader, they're going to want to do things for you. Exactly. And from there. You build a bunch of employees who don't just consider you as their boss, they also consider you as one of their own because you have the ability to yeah. switch between those roles. Yeah, you have to be able to integrate. I've, I've, that's, there's not many of those guys. I think that's quite a, a, a difficult role to, to fill purely because people aren't willing to do that. Yeah. Don't want to go the extra mile sometimes. I think, I think ultimately it doesn't take much to get people on side as well. There's small gestures and some good, I can't think of the word, just leading by a good example, like you said, and being one of the team, yes. rather than just sitting back and being like, you do this, you do this, mm. why aren't you doing this, I need you to do better, so sometimes you do have to check people, Yes, but yeah, it's so important in anything with a leadership position to be a good leader. What I have found as well is some people have been promoted into roles of management, but they shouldn't be managers. Mm. And that's really sad to see. Like They're really good at being in a role that suits them. Like They can do their job so really they're well. They're good at the job, but not good with people. Exactly. And it's actually worse than the person who's really good with people, but isn't very good at yeah. the job. And that can be the fact that, oh, that person can go into management and lead a team, but the people who... Are really good at their job but can't should probably just stay in that role yeah or at least do something to improve their leadership skills yes exactly so there's ways to do it you can you can always learn yeah and what you know what's funny is this takes us back to airsoft a little bit i think it's actually such a fantastic team building exercise you think about that if you imagine your boss and you and your team and they're you're like driving forward together trying to plan out a way to take down an enemy base like how much more does that you know design i think a good thing with, with airsoft is because you for the most part work as a small squad mm. because it's your friends there's rarely a leader but someone will take point yes so it will switch who but leadership sort of is fluid within the group yeah. and it's always a good leadership because everyone works together and we're on the same level and there's a respect that flows around. That's another thing, having respect for one another as well. That's, that's quite powerful if you think in the office. Some people you will look at, and you may not work in an office, but you're working in an environment of a team and you'll be like, don't really respect that person. And if you go into this environment, we kind of have to. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of the time, if, if you meet a new boss... And they don't command your respect. Well, not, not command your respect, but they don't earn your respect. Yeah. That's, it's hard to undo. And, it, and from a, there, you have to navigate this, I call it a wasteland a little bit, yeah. because from there, you have minds all over the place of where you're going to have somebody who isn't in, a good, in, in the right role for them blowing them up because you know they don't know how to handle yourself or other people in your team. But that sort of thing, you're, you're exposed to it right the way back I mean, you go to 
go to school, primary school or nursery or even secondary school, you've got a teacher that can't control the class. Bang on. Yeah, you can get naughty kids, but plenty of teachers do have the class under control. Yes. And it's because they, they're more personable, I think. I think you really match onto something there because I remember going to school where there were some, there were naughty kids, but they, there was what that one or two teachers that they respected enough that even if they were going to be Larry that day, they knew how to turn them around and basically allow them I to I think that's the thing. Them. A lot of the time you get, obviously every human is at a different part of the spectrum, but you get some kids that just get labelled naughty when all they really need is a different learning style. Yes. Yeah, and, and if you allow them to have that learning style. Again, I don't think that schools, the education system like is practical enough for that. No, it's... I suppose they have their limitations. They can't. They can't cater to everything. So it's a one size fits all kind of deal. But yeah, I mean, some schools do have the extra classes, or they have a, an assistant who's assigned to a certain student and stuff. But mm. I think it's best of a bad situation. Yeah, exactly. And and you can always. I think another thing is that you've got the basics it's meant to just be a foundation i think we all forget that yeah. it's not meant to be you learn everything that you're ever going to learn in life from school it's just the stuff that helps you learn elsewhere. Yes. yeah exactly it sets you up yeah and i i do think there's a massive amount of pressure on teachers to be like right you're going to teach my kids everything that they need to know and until they get yeah. into the adult world so there is that as well like both sides of this i suppose ultimately you you can guide, but you can't control how a kid's going to learn. So exactly. it must be quite tough knowing that you've got a, a class of 30 kids and you've somehow got to get them all a good grade because it is going to come down on you. Yeah, and those poor teachers have got high, high standards to hit, especially with, I think it's, I can't remember the grading system that they have outside of it that's grading the school. Ofsted? Ofsted, thank you very much. And uh, because they've got that as well, that adds extra yep. pressure to them. And the amount of teachers I remember who have to do external work outside of work, that they, they don't get paid for at all, and they still do it anyway. Yeah, I think a lot of people look at teachers and think, oh, they only work term times. School days are so short compared to a, a work day, this and the other, but there's a lot you don't see. Yes, and that's unappreciated by most of society because it's just so standard and that people don't really... See what's going on in the background. I mean, I've been lucky enough when my mum was a part-time teacher and then she was also a teacher's assistant where I saw exactly what was going on uh, for the kids. A lot of time teachers can just be seen as the bad guy. That's a big thing as well, isn't it? You think about that and it's just another human being. Until you get past 18, I don't think you realise that though, do you? But it's when you see a teacher cry for the first time and you realise, like, oh shit, they're actually a person. <laughs> Dude. Like, that, to, see, even, as, even when I was a kid, if I saw a teacher cry, I was like, oh no, we've gone far too far here. Like, that's, that's awful. Maybe because <laughs> I don't know. I was never that type of person who could just unlocked like, a weird memory. Yeah, yeah. One of my teachers cried because one of my friends drew dicks all over my book. <laughs> what? Because because of the dicks or because she was just having a bad day? I don't know. She was real upset. What? I think it was like angry turned to moody and then a bit of it got a bit emotional. Okay. Maybe I'm remembering wrong, but yeah, she she was not impressed. Wow. I was like, just a few dicks, man. I can't imagine that being emotional. I didn't even stuff, do it. I, honest. I turn my back and, you know, that's how it goes with boys in school. You, so, leave your, you leave your book and it's going to get... Uh, yes. 
absolutely destroyed. Yes. <laughs> the, no, the amount of stuff that you would see carved into desks, is, <laughs> it, it was not done by girls. It was definitely done by guys. Desk art. Desk art. I remember getting caught once by having putting chewing gum underneath the table, and I was oh, one, of one of those monsters. Just I only it, did it man. once, and you, just swallow it. <laughs> like, literally, oh, the amount that, of chewing gum we've eaten over the years. That's, that <laughs> just gets stuck in your system for something like eight years. Yeah, I was about to say, there's always that. I think that's an old wife's tale. Do you think so? Gotta be. Well, to be fair... The amount of stuff I've eaten that has just come out the other end. <laughs> it's just... Uh, <laughs> it is plastic, isn't it, though? Yeah. You don't, but it's not going to be digested down, because it's like... It'll move with the times. <laughs> Eight years later, it's still in <laughs> its digest. Because, like, it, I know this is really weird about the human body, but it's got something, like, massive... I think the in big intestine, you can it's literally like drag it from... Football field or something. Exactly. Like, you think about that piece of chewing gum just going through the football field for that long period of time. Yeah, well, oh no, I think I think the other food will help carry it through. I think you eat, <laughs> and four to six hours later, you know, it's time to make a bum bum. That's true. <laughs> that chewing gum's going to come out. <laughs> well, we had to go there some way. Let's, let's change course here, bud. I'm just here to look at the time. You're just here. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't think the, the podcast really has a low point. So let's take it even further. No, I'm just... <laughs> I thought you'd never asked. Yeah, literally. Just start talking about the absolute shenanigans. But I think school's also a point where you're finding yourself, you're doing all these things to, to figure out where you're going in life. And it's not an easy point for kids to go through. I think it? that is also... That's another double-edged sword, if that's the right phrase. Because mm. when you're that age, you're making decisions that can affect the rest of your life. But it's you're nuts, a kid. Yeah. I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. I still don't have a clue, really. Mm. Um, when you're a kid, like a 16-year-old, what, what do you know about what oh, you want to do for the rest of your life? Mate, the, the, the one that, to me, is absolutely criminal, and I don't understand how this has been allowed, is that 18-year-olds are allowed to take out £50,000 worth of loans from student loan companies, and that's for them to pay off for the rest of their lives and they're making that decision before their brain is fully formed. To me, there should be some sort of like, hang on a minute, maybe wait a year or so. If they ever do pay off. Exactly. And I don't think most people do. I think it gets uh, written off after 30 years. I do wonder where, where it goes. It's, <laughs> it, I, it, the interest that you pay is literally just the thing that they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, because it just gets added, added on every year and you never truly get get it paid off. So that's the dark side of that, really. And no one really talks about it because I think it's just a given by society. Yeah, I think it's gets swept under the rug. Some things like that. There's probably some people out there that are just real upset about it, but... Yeah, I mean, maybe I, this is probably one of the... This is where I, I, I give an insight as well. I talk to my other mate Johnny about this is that he took out a bigger loan because he knew he would never pay off the initial loan anyway. Now I don't know if that was sensible for me to condone that at the time but for him it's meant that he hasn't had to work throughout university and, mm. and therefore co concentrate solely on the studies. Um, well if it's worked for him then it was the right thing to do I guess. It seems to have worked for him so that's one route of doing it but nonetheless you will forever have that loan over your head even if it is you know, just sort of like 140 yeah. quid or whatever it is. I can't imagine it being stressful for you, these people who have got a degree on the go and a job or two at the same time. Yes. I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> I did the entire... <laughs> and how was that? Yeah, that was, that was all right. I, I mean, for me, I was lucky because I had the IT industry yeah. where 
it three of the, I think two of those years was remote working, and then the other two I had I went into the office for six months, and then went back to university. So, uh, you know, I I felt like I struck the jackpot sort of there, and and I was very lucky. I don't think many kids get that, and I went to university at twenty one rather than eighteen, so mm. had some sort of maturity. How did you find going to uni older? I felt that it was a lot better. Yeah. I, w- I would never have been able to survive at university at 18 in comparison. Because at least I'd been abroad at that point. At least I'd seen some of the world yeah. get some sort of experience. Um, but what I did find that I wasn't... I found it kind of immature, a lot of it. So you realise that when you're hanging around kids, that sort of thing. Yeah, I suppose when you are 18, you get swept up in it. It can yes. feel like the cool thing to do. But when you're a bit past it... The amount of people who I see like drinking, partying in their first year, then they get to second year where you actually have to knock it down and they just literally drop out. And that's it. It's gone. You've just wasted yeah. 30 grand. Just for partying, like, yeah. party which is crazy. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, I, I used to um, work a lot of the student nights as the club photographer. Um, it's just the same people at, like five, six nights a week at it all the time how do they afford that number one where's that money coming from apart from the student loan because there's only so much they give you per month like mommy and daddy mommy and daddy okay the bank so of I always wonder yeah. is when we were younger there was always this massive thing about your liver and don't drink too much but that doesn't seem to be a concern now people are drinking now more than ever it's funny you should say um, that like com- countries like Japan are trying to promote younger people to drink more because y- our, our generation and below aren't drinking enough apparently over there well yeah I suppose that's a, a massive industry that may well slow down a bit yeah and they want to keep some people in business which is I, I think it's great I think I love the fact that I see that Gen, Gen X are literally there's I think it's something along the lines of 40% more likely to drink less alcohol huh. which is nice to see rather than I know for a fact that millennials definitely there's there's definitely some drinking going on there. For millennials drinking as a personality. Literally, oh yeah, there is that. There is that. We've gone down a dark route here. I've just realised it's happened again. It's happened again. Taking on another Taylor's tangent. Um, But I think what I would love to round off on here is that try and make decisions in in the best way you can, but really get friends around you who are going to have the best. Did you want to walk into a door? I hope not. Did, 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 did you actually? <laughs> George has just limped back in. <laughs> I love these third party parts of the conversation. It's great. Oh dear. You recovered all right then, mate? Man down. <laughs> Man down, yeah, literally. That's one, we didn't, yeah, that's the one thing. I didn't actually, throughout the, today, I don't think I saw you guys. I think Duncan revived me once, but no one else did. So I felt kind of independent in that sort of way. So that was nice. It does suck when you get hit and everyone is out of range. You just go have to go back to the spawn point. It's a fucking ball lake. 100%. Yep. Get the walk on. Yeah, that's it. Anyway. So, do you want to end it here? This is uh, on that. and uh, Clink it. Nice. So, you've made it this far into the podcast. Well done. You've listened to me and Jordan chat shit for basically an hour. Uh, applause to you for the first point. So mini mini clap to you on the first point. And but I think some important topics were were covered within this podcast, uh, going from the schooling system to airsoft being a, a fantastic team building exercise, all the way till uh, us assigning animal. <laughs> 
sort of virtues and devaluations to ourselves and our friends. Obviously, it's all a bit, bit of a laugh and just casual and fun conversation to have. I don't know if you could pick up me, uh, the difference in my personality, because I had uh, a pounding headache at the time of this recording. Uh, and Jordan was kind enough to, to help me along the, the reins there. We're keeping the conversation going, and where we had external factors coming into the matter of the conversation, uh, such as dogs, uh, bad cameramen, and just an all-round uh, something that I can't normally control. It was, in the end, fantastic for me to be able to be in a scenario that I'd not been in for the podcast before where I don't have full control over everything that's going on. And I, I think that's a great learning experience. So I hope you took something from this podcast and that you'll be coming back for more as I have brand new ideas coming up, brand new projects that I'll be working on. And as I've spoken about in the previous podcast, next week will be a pretty good one. So... This has been a Tell Us Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I've been your host, Chris Taylor. And as always, I hope to see you this time next week. Bye now. Stand by to get some. <laughs> it's a true statement, right? You know you're going to get some. Stand by to get some. Okay.